Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. And if we sound weird today, it's because it probably does. We're in the Blackhawks media room at Fifth Third Arena. Uh, it's the three of us and Phil Thompson over there working his butt off on uh, all the great stuff he does. Uh, so we were not with you Tuesday when the news came down of the uh, big news of Lucas Reichel being sent down along with several other um, sort of bubble Blackhawks like Josiah Slavin and Mike Hardman and uh, the list goes on and on. But Reichel is really the one that matters uh, the most, I think, in the eyes of most Blackhawks fans and fellas over the last few uh, days, maybe last week or so, we've sort of speculated, is Lucas Reichel going to start this season in Rockford? Uh, Now we have the answer. And uh, now that we've had 24 hours to kind of reflect upon it, I uh, wanted to get your guys' takes on uh, the ultimate decision made for Lucas Reichel here. I think that that was the plan all along. I don't think, just based on Lucas Reichel spent the entire training camp in Group B, uh, never was, you know, with the top group, quote-unquote, using my finger quotes on audio-only podcasts is always fun. Um, <laughs> he did it, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, if they wanted to see that he could be a true top six forward to start the season, he would have been playing with a Jonathan Taves or a Patrick Kane. Instead, he spent the whole preseason on a line with Dylan Secura, who he will probably be on a line with now with the Ice Hogs. So it seemed from the beginning of training camp, that very first day, that – that was the plan from all along, which is fine. I'm okay with that. Um, so I don't know if they kind of relayed that to him or, they, you know, they wanted him to, to, to try to make this camp out of roster. But based on where they had him, it just didn't look like that was in the cards for him. And, he, yeah, he had that goal in the first game, and his second game he had a scoring chance early in the game. But other than that, there wasn't a lot from him. So I don't have a problem with the move. If their train their their train of thought is we don't when he's here, we want him to stay here. We don't want to play the back and forth. Maybe start him, get it with some wins in Rockford, get that confidence going. I'm fine with all that. There is no reason to rush here. There's no reason to quite frankly try and win games in the month of October here at the NHL level. So you know, it, it is what it is, and, and hopefully it pans out well. And when Lucas gets here, he's ready to go, and, you know, he can contribute from day one. I think two things can be true. Everything that Greg said is completely true, where that's the plan was to have him go to Rockford to start the year there, and when he's ready to be up in the NHL, he's up in the NHL and that's it. Like they don't, they don't want to yo-yo him back and forth. Um, I, I understand the plan of, of doing that with him, having him go to Rockford, having him build confidence, having him, you know, be a part of that locker room and, and, and being a part of that team that we're expecting to be very competitive in the AHL and, and, you know, have a lot of guys that were part of the team last season uh, be back. Um, a lot of you know new guys that have, that have come in that are you know some some veteran players, some AHL veteran players that can you know be good in the locker room and can lead the young group. 
Reichel can be a leader in that group as well, both on and off the ice. I think that that is a good plan. That can all be true, but I, I, I personally also believe that he is one of the best 12, best seven, best six forwards on in the organization right now. And personally, my eyes tell me he has nothing left to prove at the AHL level and that he can play in the NHL and he can grow at the NHL level. And I, I think that sh- that could have been a, a route for him to go and start the year in Chicago. And, and I've, said it, I've said it before, I think there is, there is value in starting him in Rockford, having him play in Rockford, yes, all of that. I think there's also value in him being in the locker room with Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane and Tyler Johnson and Max Domi and, and these these guys that have been around the block that have had success and that can help help him at the NHL level grow as an NHL professional and both on and off the ice. And when you look at you know the timeline, potential timelines of, of those players, maybe not Tyler Johnson, but maybe Tyler Johnson, I don't know. There's seemingly not a lot of time with those guys in Chicago mm-hmm. this season. So I think it's a disservice to not give Reichel the opportunity to learn from them, play with them, and help him develop that NHL game uh, while they're still here. So, again, I yeah, understand I... the plan. I think it will work. I also think him playing in the NHL is not going to bust you out of the draft lottery top three. Right. So. I, yeah, I, I think whatever they had ultimately decided, I could, I'm could i on board with, right? Like, you, your point is correct. Is he one of the best 12 forwards on this team? Absolutely. Is he one of the top six, seven? I think yes. Their point is that he has to play in the top six, which is understandable. Yeah. But when you look at this and, and, and consider the forwards on the roster uh, now, Kane, Taves, Johnson, Athanasiu, Domi, there's five. Beyond that, offensively, there's not much. No. You right. know, and I think you could make the justification that, yes, Lucas Reichel is one of the top six offensive forwards on this team. Now, Luke Richardson's job is to look at the roster as a whole, and he's not going to say which six players are going to score the most points for me this year. He's looking for a combination of people that can win a battle in the corner, people that can kill penalties. You have to build a team. You can't just build, you know, it's not like fantasy hockey. You've got to have all different types on your team. But I do think had he gotten the opportunity in the top six in the preseason, maybe we would have seen him be a little more dominant, have a little bit more of a scoring impact, et cetera. But what they, what they said was they want to see him be more effective off the puck. And that's true. He needs to work on that. And that's the AHL is a great place to do that. And they also mentioned turning the puck over as an offensive player. You can't be turning the puck over. He does have a tendency to turn the puck over now and again, too. So, great. Send him to Rockford. Work these kinks out. Do whatever you have to do. But then when you call him up, be it November 1st, December 1st, January, whatever it might be, he's here and he's here to stay. And I hope that this demotion motivates him i don't think i have no fear like i don't think there's any character issues with lucas reichel let me be clear about that but i hope he sort of takes this as a challenge to say okay fine i probably when i landed here in chicago for training camp i thought i was going to play for the hawks i was wrong they've told me specifically what i need to improve on so i'm going to take that and do it 
And then when I come back up here, they're not going to be able to send me back down. I hope that's the attitude he comes in with. And if we're talking about, you know, well, he'd probably be okay if he was here. But I get what they're doing with Rockford. The safer bet is to have him in Rockford, work out the kinks, you know, get in game shape, play 20 minutes a night in all situations. That's the safer move. And I like that this regime, just in general is taking the safer approach, the more conservative approach. Now what we need to find out is, is this regime going to be too conservative and let guys stay in the minors for too long? We don't know the answer to that yet. Lucas Reichel will be the first case study there, and I'm really anxious to see how it's going to go. I think he's going to go down to Rockford. He's going to be a point-per-game guy, and hopefully the other things they want to see him develop uh, begin to develop so he can get here sooner than later. That was kind of the quote that I, I put up on my Twitter yesterday when Luke Richardson met with us and, and said that we, instead of battling, I'm just paraphrasing here, instead of battling to be a fourth-line player here, it's more important for him to be the top center in Rockford. And that kind of rubbed people the wrong way. I know, Mario, you were kind of like, are you kidding me, fourth-line player? I don't think he necessarily meant, and I had a discussion on Twitter a lot, I don't think he necessarily meant that he is a fourth-line player at this point in his career. He's obviously, talent-wise, one of the top six forwards in this group right now. Right. But is he ready to be able to do everything to play a top six role right now in the NHL? Apparently they, they don't think so. Yeah. Uh, my only thing about uh, this is it's just kind of weird, the whole thing, because when did they decide as an organization that he wants to, 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 that they want him to stay in Rockford? Because if that was the plan all along, why did they have him play 11 games and use that up that first year of their contract? That, that whole thing is still so weird. Well, and yeah, and, and, maybe yeah. chalk it up to an inexperienced GM. Maybe. Who we have praised many times on the show for his foresight. Maybe that was a slip-up in the foresight. Wasn't the justification that the contract comes off the books? So I think the it, thought was if it starts sooner – Chances are, by the time it expires, he wouldn't have put up huge numbers and earned a ton of money yet. Yes, the, the, like, the that's bet, kind the, of the idea. The bet right? that they were making was that they can get to his second deal faster, and if he becomes, you know, hypothetically, if he becomes Alex DeBrincat, a you know a quality of player, you get him before he's put up a hundred points or whatever. Like I know that's not the expectation, right, sure. but. If that's the, that's the bet that they were trying to make is that, well, we can get him uh, after three years for a new deal or after two years and get the extension, whatever, and have it be more affordable rather than being like, oh, crap, now we have another $9 million player on our hands. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand that line of thinking, but also, like, we've discussed it many times, too. They really shouldn't be in a position to really be worried about salary no. cap and, crunches that far down and, the road. And his it, his contract comes off the books. Would be after next season. After right? what the twenty? It'd be the twenty twenty four season, right? Right. Yeah. So so they can give him an extension as early as this upcoming off season. Right. And you're looking at that twenty that summer of twenty four, and who's currently on the books other than entry level deals? Seth Jones, Jake right. McCabe, Connor Murphy. Some, all, may, there's a chance not all three of those guys are on the roster right. when that season comes around, and you're looking at the the projected salary cap increases. That means the floor is going to increase. Just to get to the floor, they'd have to spend what fifty million dollars. Yeah. Like so, no, they don't really have any issues with having to afford a player like that. So, 
Yeah, it was all kind yeah. of weird. Everything with the Reichel thing has been weird. I'm not saying bad. No, yeah. It's I, just a little kind of like... At some point, I would like to see him play the top six. Yeah. He didn't even get a chance that, to do it. That was my biggest mm-hmm. disappointment of the preseason was like, how do we know he can play with Patrick Kane if you don't play him with Patrick Kane? Right. Like, Give him, a, give him one game at least to see what he could do. It was kind of like they were safeguarding themselves for him <laughs> having <laughs> this yeah. great preseason yeah. with the top players and then still sending him back and then everybody going, well, you had three goals. What are you doing? Where they're like, hey, let's like, you know, yeah, not the, make, let's not dig our own graves here. The, the, the cut coming yesterday rather than before the team leaves for Colorado – makes it easier to be like, well, this was the plan all along. Yeah. Well, and, and, and you know, we, we talked about it a lot of the summer, you know, a couple months ago even. Uh, I think Scott Powers was the first person to write the plan as of now is for him to start in Rockford. And we were all like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, we had all sense. sort of assumed that Reichel was going to fin- was gonna start and never go back to Rockford. Um, but, you know... I, I think Scott is as plugged in as anybody, obviously. We thought that for years. Once again, more evidence to when Scott Power says it, it's yeah, probably going to yeah, happen. That's so. a po- we call that a Powers bomb yeah. here in the, uh, in the media room. So, all right, let's have a little fun with this. Uh, we can we could check back on this when it actually happens. If By you the way, I just think it's appropriate that on my uh, cat friendly page <laughs> of the Blackhawks, there is an advertisement for Pepto Bismol. Nice. <laughs> when you have to cover this team for a living, yeah, grab, just, keep the Pepto in your bag. That was appropriate. Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> these, are, these, these, these may also be interested in Alcazar. See, and because they're, they're, list, they're listening to us. They're listening to us talk about the Blackhawks, and that's the first yeah. thing that popped up. Yeah, um, your computer's picking up my queasy stomach. <laughs> so speaking of fun, let's have a little fun and let's try and predict when do you think Lucas Reichel gets that call up to the NHL? If you had to had to predict October twentieth, <laughs> he walks He'll the red be here carpet for, the home for opener opening, for home opener. No, um, I mean, if he's if, if if he starts the AHL season and it's like twelve points in five games or something, like all right. What what are we doing here? Are right. we are we really Especially wasting the that Hawks much? Are own four. Yeah, are we are we really wasting that much time? Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna try and make a little bit of an educated guess. Going back a few years, we were all very excited about Vinny Hinostroza, right? And he started the season in Rockford, and it was kind of the same the same talking we were had we've been having about Reichel is just like, well, he did it all. You know, he was the leading scorer last year as a rookie. Like he probably shouldn't need much time in the, in the AHL. I think he played 23 games that next season and then came up to the NHL. So I think obviously that's a different player, a different, you know, different front office, different philosophy, but I think 20 games, if Reichel's the leading scorer, if he's a, a point per game player or better I think at that point it's like you got I think at that point you have to say okay we have a guy here that's going to you know be ready to go and should be at the NHL level and yeah he's probably learned a little bit uh honed a little bit of his game in Rockford and and you know could go back at the end of the season if the team's really good and in a playoff position whatever um that could be the case so yeah I would say if we're saying if I'm saying about 20 games 
puts us into late That's November, early November twenty fifth is twenty games exactly. So uh, I was actually, as we were talking, I was going to set the over under for Thanksgiving, yeah. which is kind of a perfect. Uh, I'll a give perfect it. Spot. Yeah, I'll give it. I'll give it 20, 20 games, and then he's back. So by the end of November. Okay. And yeah. and looking at their schedule now, that's you know home game, home game, home game, the twenty fifth, twenty seventh, thirtieth. So, yeah, that could be an opportunity for him to, to get up if, if if everything is you know firing at all cylinders in Rockford. Um, I I would say that that would be a time. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. End of November seems seems right to me. 20, Early December. Twenty maybe. AHL games. Uh, their schedule is a little different. They don't play as many games. Yeah. The twentieth Ice Hog game of the year is Wednesday, December seventh. Okay. So if it's twenty AHL games, you're talking we're into December. Into December. Already. Okay. But I would, if yeah. I if I were a betting man, if the over under is Thanksgiving, I would think he's here before. That'd be twenty five NHL games. Yeah. To get to December. To get to the date of the twentieth Rockford game. Yeah. Okay. So I would I would put it before Thanksgiving. Okay. Somewhere between Halloween and Thanksgiving, he's mm-hmm. going to be here. I think. I don't think. But again, so many things, so many factors. These aren't things you can. Well, you know, I mean, like, point to a calendar and say that's the day it's going to happen. There could be injuries where, well, yeah. you know, that first road trip, they could lose two or three forwards to injury, and all of a sudden not. it's like, well, it's, it's obviously we don't, yeah, we don't want that, but it's more of we're calling him up out of necessity, not because we think he's ready. Yeah, and I, I hate to use the term injury prone, but there are some guys on here that have shown a uh, penchant for injury. Tyler Johnson hasn't been healthy in a while. Jujar Kara has struggled to stay healthy over the last few years. Understandably, you take two massive yeah. uh, borderline dirty hits. Neither of their of their faults, but, I mean, by Thanksgiving, someone of substance is going to get hurt. That's just how a hockey season goes. And Johnson's a guy who is certainly on the top six. We've seen him uh, on the power play one unit. We've seen him, you know, uh, mostly with Jonathan Taves. He was with Taves and Kane today at practice. Yeah, so, so. you know... The opportunity will be there, and and, and then that's that's sort of like we're, what we're going to learn about this regime as the season goes on. Is like what is their big vision for the club, and with the other guys sent down, it's clear that Rockford matters, and they want Rockford to matter. So I kind of want to slide into the discussion now about what happens on defense. You've got basically three guys: Alex Vlasic, uh, Alec Regula, and Philip Roos competing for two spots right now. Remember, you've got um, Caleb Jones is out with an injury, but it seems maybe not as serious as we thought it was when we saw it happen. Uh, Connor Murphy has been on the sidelines, back in action in the non-contact jersey today, so he'll probably be ready to go by next Wednesday. And Jake McCabe, who continues to look like a guy who's playing at full speed, uh, might be ready for the home opener. So, you know, I've got Vlasic and Jones... Johnson and Stillman, Regula, Roos, and Caleb Jones, that's six. Connor Murphy makes seven. Maybe they carry seven defensemen, but then who's going to sit, right? I don't think if Regula's here or Vlasic's here, either of those guys are going to sit. So maybe Roos is the guy who is your seventh defenseman for now. Yeah, but then you're, you're sitting a guy who you also projected to be kind of like a development player. You know, he's only 20, 23 years old. Yeah. He's making his first, you know, his first four-way, foray into North American professional hockey. Like, do you just have, did you just take a flyer on him so he can, so he can set games? Like, I, I think, I think the, the plan for him would either to be to play in the NHL or get playing time in the AHL. 
So I, I don't know if yeah. you... Well, injuries you, have them in a less than ideal situation, right? Like, like right, I think if, yeah. if, if Caleb Jones was healthy and Connor Murphy was 100%, we'd, we'd probably know. I, I think we all agree that Vlasic is the guy with the leg up for mm-hmm. the NHL job. Um, but, yeah, I think, as we said, like with the importance put on Rockford this year, they want Regula down there and playing. Yeah. You know? Are all those guys waiver exempt? Does Roos have to call for Roos is waiver exempt, okay, yeah. So they all are. They so all would that's be. That's not yeah. an issue. Sometimes when you get that. Because Vlasic's on an entry level right, and, and so, so is, so is Regula. Because okay. sometimes you come down to that, you're like, well, we only we, we sent down the guy that we didn't have to clear through waivers. But So that's not an issue. Here. Right. I could see them giving Roos. You know, you got to remember, they play, play back-to-back nights to start the season. So I could see him giving Roos one of those first two games, either in Colorado or Vegas, just to see sure. what they got. And then they say, okay, maybe it's time to go back to Rockford. Or maybe they like what they see and say, okay, Alec or Alex, whichever one they pick, <laughs> yeah. we're going to send you down to Rockford. It certainly doesn't appear that Regula at this point is ever going to put on a Rockford Icehawks uniform. Maybe that will change as the season progresses. But Vlasic. I'm sorry, Vlasic, Vlasic you're right. Vlasic, yeah. uh, wrong. I got too many Alec. Um, I got rid of one of them, so. Yeah. But, um, you know, I don't think Vlasic is, I don't, I don't think he's in the plans for the Ice Hogs. Like, they didn't, put, they didn't put him down there last year for the playoff run. Um, but they also attributed that he had a long college season, all that stuff. But, um, you know, maybe he stays here. They give Roos a game. They give Regula a game. And then they, when they get back here after those first three games, they've got four days off. Mm-hmm. Maybe Caleb Jones is back by then. Maybe Jake McCabe is back by then. And they're just going to let it organically yeah. sort itself out. Yeah. We talked to uh, Regula today uh, after practice, and that's on our Twitter account at CHGO underscore Blackhawks. And we sort of said, like, do you have any kind of indication? And he said, no, I really don't know. I'm just going to keep doing what I can do. They haven't really communicated uh, what my odds are for making the team. And when I said, you know, well, you know, Reichel went down and Galvis went down and Slavin went down and all these guys who were bubble players did and you didn't, does that give you any confidence? He said, well, I'm in a bit of a different situation because I've played several seasons in the AHL now, so I'm not really in the same boat as those guys, which is true. So I just think whatever they decide, these guys, if all three, Vlasic, Regula, and Roos make it to start the season, they've all got to be in a lineup. But then who sits? Is it Riley Stillman? Is it a maybe healthy Caleb Jones? I, I think I agree with you, Mario. You don't bring in a 23-year-old guy from Europe just to sit up in the press box. Yeah. He's going to play somewhere. Um, so I, 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 hope, I hope that all three of those guys get to play. Yeah, and I think right out of the gate, you're going to have, I mean, at least for opening night, I think it would be a real dick move to scratch Jack Johnson (laughs) in Colorado on banner night. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think eventually down the road of the season, I think it was probably in the plans before, you know, getting hit with some injuries here early on. It was probably in the plans that you're like, yeah, we're going to play Jack Johnson a little bit, and eventually he might be the, you know, the, the good soldier and sit down as the young players start to make their way in. But honestly, I mean, I, I know we we've we talked about it before. Is Riley Stillman like locked into the lineup? I don't I don't feel it that way. I really don't feel that uh, way. So he I think might be if the guy out, yeah. I think if they're if they're going to try and play some young guys before making a decision, maybe Stillman sits the first game or is ro- or is rotated through for some of the young players. 
that might be that might be in, in the cards. Mm-hmm. Maybe Caleb Jones is ready to go by opening night. Uh, we don't we really don't know the extent of the uh, of of the injury, um, but maybe he's healthy enough to be like you know he's he's not held out, but he is scratched. Like he's on the trip, but he's scratched, yeah. and, and then then he eventually shifts in too. So, I, I mean, I, I agree. I think Vlasic is is in the lineup. I think of the of these three young players trying to figure out who is going to be. I think he's the easiest to say, yep, he's in the lineup. He's been with Seth Jones the entire preseason. Uh, he's been getting the, you know, the majority of, of the of the looks out of these young players. Um, you know, he was at prospect camp. He was at the, the prospect showcase. I think there's a lot of uh, investment in him as a young player in the NHL. Um so I don't see him being in the in the in, well, yeah, in, yeah. in the conversation for being sent down at all, and, and I, just being and just and just being paired with Seth Jones the entire time has to mean something, right? Yeah, you're not gonna pair a guy with your top defenseman and then send him to Rockford a day before the season, right? Starts. And he was with Seth Jones the, for the majority of the time that he was in right. the lineup at yep. the end of last season too. And when you look at that grouping, who are you gonna sit? Well, I think it's Stillman and Caleb Jones that are the candidates for the guys that sit because we know what they are. They're known commodities at this mm-hmm. point in their at their career. Can they still make improvements? Absolutely, but they've pretty much hit their ceilings. Maybe a tweak right. here, a tweak there. We don't know what the ceilings are necessarily for Vlasic or Regula. Roos is a complete unknown at yeah, this point. Totally. He's looked okay at, at camp. But like He doesn't look lost. He's obviously he's still here as one of the final guys heading into the final two games of preseason, so obviously the coaching staff is seeing a lot out of him. Yeah. Or else he would have been on that, that bus to Rockford. He'd be playing in Iowa tonight. So Stillman and Jones are the guys that I think – if it gets into a rotation, those are the guys that rotate because we know what they are. Yeah. They are Riley Stillman and Caleb Jones. Decent, serviceable, replacement-level NHL defensemen. Right, yeah. One gives you some more physicality from time to time, or at least did until he got hurt. He's got to kind of get over that little It's been better bugaboo. in the preseason when he's played. And Caleb Jones is a guy that could give you a little more offense when needed, as, as we saw last year. So... I think those guys are you play the matchups with. You know, when you need it, when you're playing a team that is a little more, when you're playing the St. Louis Blues, you probably put a Riley Stillman out there. When you're playing a team that's a little more high powered offensively, Colorado or somewhere like that, maybe that's when you put Caleb in there because you might need his offense. Yeah. So I, those guys might be getting the short end of the stick here until they, that it all kind of figures itself out. Yeah, I, I, I think if, I think if, if Jones and McCabe and Murphy were healthy, I think it'd be easy to, to say, yeah, that's the rotation is, is Jones and Stillman and probably Jack Johnson too. Yeah. And then Regula and Roos, I would say, would be in Rockford. Johnson's going to sit a lot of games this year. If Johnson is Eventually. Here, if he's here the full season and he plays more than 50 games, I'd be shocked. Uh, yeah, maybe. I, I, I just... I think they, they I think they brought him in as like an insurance policy and, and just given the, the state of some injuries right now, um, I think we might be running into another Gustafson situation. But I mean it's honestly it's when when you when you zoom out and you say, Oh, they might have to play Jack Johnson fifty plus games, it's like, Okay, well Connor Bedard looks great. So yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, you can't oh, yeah. you can't yeah. be that angry about well, it. No, no, no. I think too, you know, and I'd rather have Jack Johnson than Eric Gustafson. Yeah, little and the, you know, little some maybe we don't talk about enough that the team certainly considers is you bring these veteran guys in to help these young players along, and we saw 
uh, towards the end of practice today, Jack Johnson working one-on-one -on -one with Riley Stillman about uh, playing the puck along the boards, doing that sort of thing. We also saw Jonathan Taves basically being a power play coach. There was Derek Plant was around, but Jonathan Taves was the one dictating that one-three-one power play, telling Seth Jones, you know, come to this side of the point, and when you turn to shoot, like turn. He was literally coaching on the ice. Uh, which is something I hadn't he seen from him before. Well, not since he took Jerry Carlson's clipboard. <laughs> <laughs> Broke it over his head. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, uh, you know, some of these veteran guys, the impact of having them, because it, it feels like, you know, this is probably Jack Johnson's last year in hockey and seems like a guy who will step right into a job in either media or coaching, right? Like, it's just it, it's going to be a natural transition for him, and that is a nice added value of signing a guy like Jack Johnson for whatever he's got left in the tank. We don't know. Yeah. But we know that on ice, he brings a lot of, uh, he's got some leadership qualities about him, of course, tons of experience, and he's got the ear of those young players who look at him and say, look, this guy's really accomplished. He's done a ton in his career. I should listen to what he says. And we saw it, you know, it was kind of like a, end of practice day was a bit of a casual, everybody kind of doing their own things. It didn't seem quite as organized or coached. Um, but Jonathan Taves, it was him, Seth Jones, Tyler Johnson, uh, Andreas Athanasiu and Max Domi all working on a power play unit. And Taze was literally the guy, you know, directing, all right, now you go here, you're going to want to shift here. There were times where he was like Peyton Manning under center. <laughs> Taze is along the left wing boards as that trigger man, and he's signaling to Seth Jones with his hand, like, come this way a little more. Um, it was cool to watch. It was interesting to see. Um, but, you know, that veteran presence is, is uh, it's always, a, it's always a, something that maybe gets a little bit underappreciated because we're just looking at the how many goals does this guy have? You know, is he living up to his contract? Maybe not statistically, but there's things that, that guys like that can offer that go a long way. Yeah, and we see that at the Rockford level too. I mean, these guys are essentially assistant coaches that you can plug in the lineup when you have to, and, and they can still be productive. Uh, you know, you see it down in Rockford. You know, they, they got a guy like Garrett Mitchell who's that same way. They brought back Adam Clendenning to be that guy in Rockford. You've seen it in the past when they've had – they brought Cody Franson back and, and guys like that where they bring, you know, they bring a little extra. Ryan Stanton was that guy for them last year. Those are guys that these young defensemen can be like, okay, this is a guy that's been through it all. He's had his mm -hmm. NHLs ups and downs. He's back here at this level to help us. You know, it, there's a lot that goes into this to the development than just – practicing and playing games and I think guys like Jack Johnson yes they're an insurance policy they knew before we did about McCabe and we're like okay well, let's get another guy in here mm -hmm. smart move and it doesn't necessarily hurt your chances at that number one no, overall pick either so but but he provides a lot more and I gotta tell you a little bit of interaction I've had with Jack Johnson here in training camp He's an amazing dude. Yeah. Just such a nice – Good. I don't even – like, he, there are some guys when you talk to them that you're like, how are you a professional hockey player? Like, you're <laughs> you're the nicest guy I've ever yeah. met in the world. How are you out there trying to punch people in the face? You're not a whack. Yeah, so good, good good, good guy, Jack Johnson. And and he's a good he's, – he's a good influence to have in this locker room full of young players. Yeah. He's going to do a lot more positive for this team than what fans see on the game. Well, we know that Lucas Reichel needs to put some meat on his bones. Uh, I want to put some meat in my body. And when I do that, I turn to Green Ridge Farm. <laughs> Greg shifts away from me a few feet. That's not what I meant. <laughs> Green Ridge Farm is a local meat and cheese company. out of context. <laughs> Offering you a better 
all-natural option. Look for them in your deli case. I saw uh, the lunch meat yesterday whilst shopping for my mother at Mariano's. Uh, the deli meat, the sausages, and of course, their famous meat sticks. Perfect for tailgating, happy hour, school lunches. They're awesome. They're all natural. They're hardwood smoked for eight hours. 16 grams of protein per stick. So it makes a perfect post-workout snack, I guess. Uh, they come in chicken, black forest beef, and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili. Listen, if you're on like a, a no-carb diet, these Green Ridge Farm meat sticks are the best. They're absolutely delicious. Make sure you try these. I saw a big bundle of them at Costco last time I was there. If you haven't tried them, you don't know what you're missing. They're delicious because they're made from recipes generations in the making, and they're all natural, delivering a fresh and flavorful alternative at snack time. You can always find them in the refrigerated section at Costco, Sam's Club, or in your local Chicagoland grocery store. And right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free simply by using the code CHGO at checkout. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat. You mentioned tailgate in that uh, great yeah. read there, and we're having another CHGO official tailgate party on November 6th before the uh, big Chicago-Miami professional football tilt at the corner of Roosevelt and Michigan. You don't need a ticket for the Bears game to join us for that party, but if you want to go to the party and get a ticket for that Bears game, do the double dip. You want to go visit our friends over at Game Time because they are the best site for fans to get tickets to no matter what you want. If you want to go to the Bears game November 6th, you want to go to the Blackhawks home opener on October 21st, you want to get your tickets for the Marion Hosa night in November, then you need to check out Game Time. And the best way to support us at CHGO is by buying your tickets through the link in the podcast description on any of our podcasts. You can go to our YouTube. If you're watching one of our YouTube shows, you'll see it there or wherever you're listening to this today's episode. Look in the description. Click on the link. Start your search. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and scored the best seats of all your favorite events, not just sporting events. I was on the uh, site last night looking at different concerts coming to United Center as well. Iron Maiden playing tonight for you old metalheads. Uh, good deals on there. The Who, I was looking at the Who tickets, and then I realized it was the same night as the opening night in Denver, so I got out of that search too. But if you're big, <laughs> there's lots of Harry Styles tickets up on Game Time too uh, if you want to go see one of those 35 shows he's doing here in a couple of weeks. So uh, good deals at game time. Check them out. Support support us by clicking the link in the description and buy some tickets. Yes. All right, we've got some breaking news. That just happened while we were doing our live reads. A couple more players sent to Rockford. Luke Flip, Brett Senny, Dylan Secura, and Nicholas Bodine sent down to Rockford. The Hawks roster now stands at 29 players. 16 forwards, 10 defensemen, and three goalies. So uh, as we're getting closer to the opener on Wednesday, the roster is getting whittled down more and more. And Alec Bergula and Alex Vlasic and Philip Roos are all still here. Those, They're in the mix. Those were the uh, four guys that had to clear waivers yesterday. In order yeah, to all rough. That's yeah. why I saw a lot of stuff when they announced Nicholas Bodine, a lot of another failed first-round draft pick. Like, we're not at that point yet just because you're on waivers doesn't mean they're giving up on you. It's definitely yes, trending in that direction. <laughs> yes, but. But people saw waivers and thought they were getting rid of him. No, they had to no, clear waivers to get yeah. to Rockford. I definitely don't like Nicholas Bodine's chances of ever being anything with the Blackhawks. Yeah. But uh, it's not – they're not giving up on him. 
Boy, we were we were watching him at practice last week, and he was just taking passes at the point, and they were going under a stick, and he was fumbling them. It was like gripping the stick. Dude is in his head, and you talk about a change of scenery. Guy, he could be a good candidate for that. Just someone, someone will take a definitely yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. former first round pick, and he played okay again. He was in that the lineup for the Milwaukee game yeah. in, against Minnesota, and he was fine. I didn't notice anything awful about him. I yeah. wasn't necessarily had I didn't have my you know binoculars on fixated on him the whole time, but he didn't do anything where you went, oh my god, this kid is lost. But definitely not looking good for him it in just, Chicago. It just seems like you know, throughout last season and then very clearly in the playoffs that he had been passed over in, in the Rockford system. By multiple and players. By multiple players. And now you, you factor in the way Kevin Korchinski looked, uh, the way that guys like Nolan Allen and Ethan Del Mastro are developing, and it's just like I don't see a place where he's no. going to burst through and be an NHL player. Best case scenario is he has a really good start to the season in Rockford, and maybe you try and flip him for something. Yeah. Add, I, him, add him to a deal at the deadline that maybe gets you a, a round higher pick or yeah, something there's, like that. Yeah, there's, there's definitely uh, you know the case to start moving some of these defensemen or, or, or you know using them. As, uh, as 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 trade sweeteners or, or getting draft picks out of other players or out of other teams for these kinds of players, I think you you really get into a point where uh, you're going to find out what's you know what you have in some of these young players and what you don't have. And, and I think in the case of Bodan, I think you're really finding out what you don't have, what you thought, what a previous general manager thought they did have, uh, making him a first first round pick. Uh, it just I just I don't know. For, for me, I haven't seen the development beyond his rookie season to where it's just like, oh, yeah, he's on the path to the NHL. It, it, it doesn't seem that way, and I think he probably just needs a fresh start somewhere else. Um, but, hey, like he could go down to Rockford. He could light it up this season and you know prove everyone wrong that, you know, hey, it turned a corner. But I don't know. I just, I just don't see it. And from what Luke Richardson said today, the next, you know, the Saturday game, which, by the way, if you didn't see, got changed to a 2 p.m. start, not mm-hmm. a 7 p.m. start against the Blues. Um, it sounds like Saturday's roster is basically going to be dress rehearsal for opening night. So Plus Colton Dock. Well, no. Well, oh, yeah. maybe, but yeah. I, I, I would assume he'll play tomorrow, tomorrow night. Tomorrow will be the doctor. And then yeah. he'll be moved back to, uh, to his uh, WHL club uh in Kelowna yeah I think he's making his debut so late just because he was hurt yeah right so. it's more of a you've been a good soldier we'll throw it's your here, ball and they want to and they want to see him at the yeah, end exactly yeah Luke Richardson had high praise for him today he said he's been great uh, and saying jumping into drills trying to you know and he almost said like we don't know if he's got a spot here or not um he, he doesn't, doesn't. He I doesn't. mean <laughs> but the fact that he's that he even sort of said it in that in that way is is notable. Uh, by the way, uh, something on Bodine, like twenty seventh overall. Yes, he was a first round pick, but when you get to the end of the first round, these things become a crapshoot. It's not the NFL. Uh, I mean, even the NBA at, the, at that late in the first round is kind of a crapshoot. Um, you think about like a guy like Sam Renzel, who the talk, Hawks took this year. What was he? Twenty fifth. Twenty fifth. Yeah. So, and they have openly said, like, he's a project, he's really raw, we're betting on upside. Same sort of an idea with Bodine, um, but it just is not, there's just been really been nothing for me. He had the, the brief stint, what, two years ago where he came up 
it looked okay, and you saw, okay, maybe there's a little something here, and then it just never really came back. Yeah. And uh, I think, look, when you talk about not only the COVID impact on players and, like, guys like Drew Camesso and that, like, prospects suffered from that too. You know, being able to be around uh, a full-time training camp with NHL coaches and NHL meetings and being around veterans like Jack Johnson and Jonathan Taves, like, losing that hurt a lot of prospects too. So I, I do think it is fair to call Nicholas Bodina, uh, I don't want to say bust, but it just it's a first-round pick that didn't work out. All right, we've had to move to our alternate studio, the uh, mobile studio. My my Mazda CX thirty, twenty twenty two. It's really nice. It's nice and roomy in here, and I know it's going to sound way different from the first part of this podcast. But the Blackhawks crew had a meeting, and we got kicked out of our uh, media room. So anyway, we were talking about Nicholas Bodan uh, and him potentially kind of busting out, which we sort of agreed on in kinder terms. Uh, but a little bit of news we want to get to before the day uh, before the show ends, rather, uh, Alex Debrinkit, according to everyone's buddy Kevin Weeks, the Ottawa Senators are working on an extension for him. They're pursuing an extension for him, which is not, I mean, obviously they would love to get that done, but if I'm Alex Debrinkit, fellas, I am not in any hurry to sign anything just yet. I at least want to play a handful of games with Ottawa and see what the culture is like see how the team goes before I commit long-term to playing in Ottawa. Yeah, one of the biggest things in trading Alex Dabrinkit and the return that Kyle Davidson got for him from Ottawa, one of the biggest reasons it wasn't a major haul that we all expected it to be was because that he didn't have an ex- they didn't have the opportunity of an extension uh, coming with him. So for it to be now, right before the season starts, and say, oh yeah, here's the extension, um, seems kind of weird. Uh, because it, it would basically mean that Dabrinkit was convinced in the preseason uh, to commit to Ottawa, which doesn't sound like a smart move. Yeah, I think you got to get into the regular season. you got to play some games that actually matter and see where this team is going. You would think, see where the team is going. Maybe he believes in all the young players that they have and say, hey, I can be a leader with this young group. Um, but I think that that's it seems really premature and if they do sign an extension right before the season um it's you're you're gonna get a big reaction out of blackhawks fans uh but it's it's not kyle davidson's fault that the extension if it does come right before the season starts didn't come at draft day because obviously people's minds can change over time yeah we're gonna get yelled at for trading away Alex to bring it for only the draft picks. I believe the the wording Kevin Weeks um, used was the Ottawa Senators are actively pursuing a an extension for Alex to bring it. As I am also actively pursuing trying to win the lottery. Like just because <laughs> one side wants to get a deal done, yeah, they are very smart to actively want to keep Alex to bring it around. But it doesn't mean that the way he worded it didn't mean that that was Alex to bring it listening to their pursuit either and I agree with you Jay that I wouldn't I'd be betting on myself if I'm Alex Dabrinkit this year why would I wrap up you know and and stay maybe he wants to stay in Ottawa he could still do it but man go out and have another 40 goal season and then play wherever the heck you want yep that makes sense to me. All right, we've got a little more Blackhawks news to get to uh, from Frank Saravalli, who published his prediction, his preseason predictions for the year. We're going to get to that, but we've got to talk to you about uh, pins and aces and getting cornholed. 
from Chi-Town Cornhole and all that great stuff. So, fellas, take it away. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll start it off. <laughs> Follow that, Mario. <laughs> yeah, uh, with uh, with Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel partner of CHGO and the presenting sponsor for the Big Drive Energy Podcast on the All City Network. Uh, it's uh, it's officially October now, and a uh, few more good days of weather here left. Uh, a few more good golf weather days and uh, if you're going to get out on the course be sure to be doing it in some pins and aces gear you're going to get tons of compliments uh, on that gear both on and off the course what you got to love about pins and aces that is that they are a family-owned business so that's always great Uh, they make amazing polos hats uh, golf bags even a bag with a beer sleeve in it to store up to seven of your favorite beers right inside the bag and keep them cold all round long. Uh, so to get that beer sleeve and everything else that Pins and Aces offers, go to pinsandaces.com and when you do that, use the promo code CHGO and you'll receive 15% off of your first order and get free shipping on that first order. Again, that's pinsandaces.com. While the weather is nice to still go out golfing, it's also fall. That means there's going to be a lot of tailgating going on. We've mentioned tailgates already. Don't forget, November 6th, CHGO tailgate. But a perfect addition to your tailgate party is a set of amazing cornhole boxes and bags from our friends over at Chi-Town Cornhole, the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland and Illinois since 2007. Their signature box style design can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted. Their cornhole boards come with built-in drink holders recessed in the back, LEDs that light up the hole and exterior handles for easy carrying, and even a handcrafted little scorekeeping device in the back. Looks like a little abacus. We have a couple of these sets at the office. They did one for CHGO. It is the most beautiful set of cornhole boxes I have ever seen. Chi-Town Cornhole is veteran-owned and operated. They can ship anywhere and offer local pickups as well. They specialize in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event. They can be used for wedding gifts or gifts for all occasions, especially for tailgaters and backyard barbecues. Check them out. Shy Town Cornhole. All right, last bit of news we have for you today. Dailyfaceoff.com. Frank Saravalli uh, publishes his 32 bold predictions for the 2022-23 season. Number two on the list, it's Showtime on Broadway Patrick Kane will be traded to the New York Rangers and signed a long-term extension. He'll be reunited with Artemi Panarin to chase a fourth career Stanley Cup. And I should note, number three on that list is Kane will have a twinge of doubt about his decision to leave when the Chicago Blackhawks win the 2023 draft lottery and earn the rights to select generational talent Connor Bedard. Yes, this year it is hashtag suck hard for Bedard. (laughs) That's our guy. Frank Saravelli from the Daily Faceoff. So uh, he is as plugged into the Blackhawks as anybody. I would say, aside from like the local beat people, it's Frank and it's Emily Kaplan who really have their fingers on the pulse of the Blackhawks. Yeah, I don't know how bold that is. He just seems like every single Twitter person out there that's hey, Kane to the Rangers, him and the Breadman again. You know, it, it seems. I mean, it's it's a ideal. It's definitely an attractive destination for him we'll see if that actually happens i wouldn't go out on the limb as saying that's bold as maybe logical is maybe <laughs> the more uh 
fitting adjective I'd use there. The, the more bold prediction he made was later predicting that Dylan Larkin would get traded by the Red Wings, which is, that's bold. Um, that would be kind of a, a, a punch to the stomach there for Larkin to have to deal with all that losing. And just when they're ready to turn the corner, we don't want to resign you, get the hell out of that here. Would that would suck. That would be kind of a, a, a dick move. But, yeah, I we'll see with the Kane stuff. I still think he wants to stick around and break those records. I think in that predictions piece, uh, speaking about Kane, I think the actual real bold part is that, uh, you know, he's saying that Kane would sign an extension. Now, if that were to be the case, uh, you know, you wonder if the extension would come after the deal as part of the deal. And if that were to be the case, then you're talking about a potential trade package uh, that's going to be pretty hefty. For, for Patrick Kane and uh, I feel like <laughs> I feel like the times that we've talked about trade packages being hefty or not uh, we didn't think it was going to be we thought it was crazy that Brandon Hagel would get a first round pick and lo and behold he got two and he got two NHL ready players uh, along with him uh, and then we thought well you know if, if the Blackhawks are going to uh, trade Alex Brinkett, it's going to decimate that team's prospect system nope didn't do that either. So, really, I mean, we, it's really hard to predict what what could be a trade package. But it is interesting for a guy like Saravalli, who, yes, this is not like I'm reporting this information, but he's definitely tuned in to what's going on around the league, and he was the first to be like, yeah, Brandon Hagel's getting traded, and this is what they want for him, and this is what they expect to get for him. And he was pretty much right. And he was the first to say, yeah, the Blackhawks are pretty much uh, – not if, but when they are trading Alex to Brinkett. And again, he was right. So for him to even kind of float something out that to say that, yeah, Patrick Kane would go to New York and sign an extension. Sure, it's just a prediction, but it's also, I would assume, a pretty informed one. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And yep. I know the salary cap is supposed to be going up over the next couple of years, but man, it's still... The Rangers are pushing it yeah. with, with some of the deals they already have on the books and some of their young players are going to eventually have to resign. Um, you know, we'll see. Maybe they won't have to sign to uh, too many of them if they're trading for Patrick Kane. No, might, this is true, might, too. might hand, hand him over to Chicago, which would be nice. That's the hope. That's the hope. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Reminder, we're back tomorrow night after the Hawks preseason game. We'll be live in studio for the first time in a while. It feels like forever. It hasn't been, but it feels like it. Uh, and we'll be keeping you abreast of any roster moves that happen between now and then. So lots of Hawks news to happen before the puck officially drops on the season on Wednesday. But uh, until Thursday night, for Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi, I'm Jay Zawoski. Thanks for listening to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. <laughs>